0: Homestyle Green, episode 157. What can we learn about home design from someone who travels around the world, educating and advising people on designing awesome eco-lodges? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. And something a little bit different uh, this week, I've had a few episodes now about Passive House, we're going to leave that for a little while, and I'm bringing you an interview I did last year, late last year, with Hitesh Matar, and I originally got in touch with Hitesh because I wanted to get someone who could talk about sustainable landscape architecture, and Hitesh certainly does that, but he does a lot, lot more as well. He is an eco-architect, an eco-landscape architect, an environmental planner, he's a professional photographer, an adjunct professor and an author. He's done a lot of public speaking around the world and uh, one of the things he specializes in is the architectural design and landscape design of eco-lodges. He's a fascinating guy. He's got a huge amount of experience, and um, yeah, well worth the chat. So I hope you find something interesting and uh, maybe inspiring from this chat with Hitesh Mata. Before we get into that, though, just a quick shout out to our fantastic sponsor, Pro Climber. Uh, they make this show a lot more possible. And they do that by uh, sponsoring the show. So uh, shout out to them because I really, really appreciate uh, their support. And you would appreciate them having them on your team as well, if on your project. If you're looking at doing anything in the realm of high performance, you probably are because you're listening to the show, then you should definitely get in touch with them. Check them out, proclimate.co.nz or proclimate.com. They'll sort you out with your air tightness and moisture control. And they're great for advice as well. Really friendly guys. So if you've got any questions at all around um, wraps, tapes, uh, seals, and just the the fundamentals of keep, keeping your house dry and uh, keeping moisture under control, then talk to the guys at ProClimber. Now, let's get on with this interview. It is quite long, so we'll jump straight into it. Here is Hitesh Mata. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Hitesh. I really appreciate your time. Where are you located at the moment? Because you're you're a global entity.
1: (laughs) Yes, uh, I am uh, at my base, uh, which is Fort Lauderdale, uh, Florida, just about 40 minutes north of uh, Miami.
0: And of the 46-odd countries that you've visited, are there any that – what's the most interesting place that you would like to go back to and why
1: wow interesting well you know the uh, 46 countries are, is what i visited to just do my book right i have i have now been to over 90 countries wow so it is really difficult to do <laughs> you know uh, to 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 Pick one. Um, every country has got its own beauty. The the people are different. The customs are different. Uh, cultures are different. Landscapes are different. It, it it's a really toughy. I, I can say though that uh, my favorite continent uh, would be Africa uh-huh. uh, because uh, it has by far the most uh, varied culture and and, uh, and landscape diversity that I've seen anywhere. Yep. Uh, on
0: planet, yes. And is it home?
1: Uh, home, uh, yes. I I actually tell people when I'm interview when I'm presenting myself at conferences that my soul is from India, mm. my heart is from Kenya, and my body lives and works in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, but yes, uh, sometimes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was born in um, in Kenya of Indian parents. Uh, had a very solid uh, foundation, uh, childhood foundation uh, mm-hmm. about uh, lifestyle living and everything. And I'm still a Kenyan citizen, uh, but also a dual American citizen, so a U.S. citizen. So I've got dual personality. So I guess uh, home is uh, where the heart is uh, in many ways. The heart is where, you know, uh, Africa is very much uh, where I really connect very well.
0: And when you introduce yourself, what is it that you say that you do?
1: Uh you want the uh, uh the professional version <laughs> or the... <laughs>
0: What's the uh what's the cocktail party version?
1: A cocktail party version is that I'm a beach bum uh, <laughs> the in uh, by b- in the morning because yep. the beach the beach here is only about uh, 1 kilometer away. Nice. Uh at night I'm a party animal. Uh-huh. But the, but the party animal is that we, I, I, I have been ob- almost for about 15 years, been doing conscientious, uh, 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 what we call edutainment parties, where people get entertained, but they get educated and it's for a cause. Yeah. So there we are making a cause. So, you know, it's, it's still a party animal. Yeah. Uh, and, and then in between, when I feel like it, I get my clients to pay me to visit the most uh, exotic locations in the world. Right, so you, the, the cox, so you go to the so you
0: go to the beach, hang out at exotic locations, and then you party. Exactly. Uh, where Where do I sign up?
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a the long list uh, uh. right now. Uh, you are number 103. <laughs> anyway, but but yeah, the, the um, in terms of what I do, I'm I'm a professional eco architect, a, a professional eco landscape architect. And have sub- subspecialized in the fields of environmental planning uh, and particularly ecotourism planning, sustainable tourism planning. And then, of course, more in detail, uh, you know, have designed and done uh, uh, planned uh, ecologies uh, around the world and have written three books uh, on the subject. And. Oops. <laughs> Okay. on,
0: okay. Um, we, I, I often start by asking. I want to come back to this question now. Why, why is it that you do what you do? What's the origin for um, taking the journey that you've that you've chosen to take?
1: You know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I guess before we, we, we maybe started this program. Uh, is that I grew up in Kenya with um, uh, very strong uh, foundations. I grew up in a Jain family. Jainism is one of the philosophies of India. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you ask any theologist, they will tell you it it has the greatest respect for all forms of beings around, you know, uh, in, you know, in the world in terms of philosophies. Right. And so in my family, maybe 40, 50 generations, we have all been vegetarians. Right. And for the last eight years, I've become a vegan. And it's the, you know, it's the most environmentally friendly uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. that exists right now. And so what I did was, there was so important to me. So now what I do is that in my, uh, in my daily life and in my work, there's no difference. Everything I do uh, is to make a difference, is to have a low impact, uh, uh, you know, on the planet. So if I choose to... Hello, are you there?
0: Yeah. yeah so
1: oh, Great. Yeah. Um, if I choose to eat something, I want to make sure that it's having the lowest impact. If I decide to work on a project, I now only, I select my own clients or if they come to me, I interview them first. Mm-hmm. Uh, And if I don't think they follow the same philosophy, I will not go with them. So I I select my 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 clients, and I only work on eco-friendly and socially friendly projects.
0: Is it hard to to stay true to that philosophy when, particularly when you travel to pretty far and remote locations, and they have their own uh, cultural uh, norms there? is there ever conflict between, for example, uh, veganism and, and if you get invited to a, to a local yes. um, ceremony, for example, is that, yeah. are those philosophies ever challenged?
1: I, I think it's, it's a lot has to do with the fact that maybe I've been just been in the profession now quite a lot of years. I am an international speaker, uh, you know, an author and everything, so people already know about who I am before right. they come to me. Yep. They've done their research. So I, I'm very polite right from the beginning. I let them know that this is the kind of person I am. I'm and they respect it. They actually mm. uh it's actually a plus that they see that you are not only talking the walk, you're running the walk. are uh, running the nice. talk. Yeah. And and they, they respect that. So, you know, to give you an idea, I've now been a vegan in over sixty countries in the world. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and, and and doesn't you know places like Brazil or Nigeria, uh, you know Argentina. These are very big meat eating countries, yeah. and you know even local cultures. Like uh, there was once I was in um, in Ecuador where they make this particular brew uh, the the Native Americans where they spit mm-hmm. into the. It's a cultural thing that they, they they spit into the food as they're cooking uh, to to break down some of the enzymes and whatnot, but. And you know, I was not feeling very well. I'd just come out of a uh, food poisoning and whatnot. So right. you know, you you explain to them and you say, "Look, it's not uh, you know, if it's okay, it's not a problem." People mm. understand.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess that is relative relevant to architecture and design a little bit as well, because when you when a typical person goes to see an architect, that architect is going to have some of their own norms. And one of the things I encourage people to think about as clients often is that they need to believe in themselves what they want to achieve and stay true to that because it's very easy to get pulled another way or, or yes. um, uh, sort of jump on a bandwagon when there's something that's really strong and a, and a cultural trend that is is surrounding you. So I, th- I think that philosophy and, and doing it in that polite way is also relevant yes. to getting a good outcome for, for people's – building and their design as well
1: yeah i totally agree that's the way to go
0: so which came first architecture or landscape architecture or or something else
1: um you know as a profession i would say uh, architecture but, uh, you know, from personal experiences, the landscape was a very strong influence on me growing up uh, in the suburbs of Nairobi. You know, I used to live uh, right next to a, uh, a park, an urban park that used to have leopards in it, right. that, used to, that used to have monkeys in it. Even up to now, you'd still find monkeys uh, going around in the neighborhood I grew up in, Nairobi. So, uh, the, the outside was a very important uh, component when I grew up and, uh, you know, that stayed with me. But, of course, that program was not offered in Kenya. In fact, up to today, out of 1.1 billion population that Africa has, there's only one fully-fledged program of landscape architecture in the whole continent. Right. So, but so I I, dis- I went into architecture. I got a, a, a professional. It uh, f- uh, was ended up being a six-year degree uh, in uh, in architecture mm-hmm. uh, from the University of Nairobi. And then I felt at that time, of course, that the, the, the outside parts were never being taught, never being discussed. And I felt that I, I, in order to be a really holistic uh, designer, I really needed to understand more about the outside. And so I uh, went and got a master's uh, in California in uh, landscape architecture, and but, but with an emphasis on ecological planning. Yep. And so that's uh, that's how everything happened. And then uh, after returning back to Kenya and teaching at the University of Nairobi and doing a couple of research papers, uh, I realized that uh, my calling in life was to take all my interests, which is architecture, landscape architecture, and then, of course, I've always been a conservationist and that whole respect for all forms of species, that Came together with my philosophical upbringing, I connected all three, and that's what ecologies are. Ecologies are exactly all three, and that's what I have over time, uh, you know, a, a primary focus of our firm has been ecologies. Yeah. So, ecologies
0: are a bit special because they're obviously designed and they're created for a very specific purpose, and they've got that ecological philosophy as a yes. core are there some learnings that you've uh gathered from all your work with eco lodges that could be transferable to someone who's just designing or um improving their existing house the regular house that they live in each day
1: yes very much so and uh, you know i um uh uh the the first book i wrote uh the um, uh, the foreword was by bill mcdonough You're right <clears throat> was a very famous uh, american architect <coughs> excuse me and he wrote a book called cradle to cradle yeah which i would very uh, highly recommend to your uh, uh uh you know to your readers or to your listeners
0: absolutely it's one of my favorites um, been, it's been recommended on the show before and and it's one of my right. favorites
1: yeah. And and you know the thing is that it is um uh what what he say, he, he wrote the foreword for my first book, which was called the International Ecology Guidelines, uh-huh. which is a, a whole book about guidelines for architecture, landscape and everything else that goes with you know, trying to develop an ecology. Yep. So it's got great information in there for anybody. But I just want to go back a little bit to what you said earlier that People need to build their own foundations before they go to architects or designers or before they start working on their houses. Yeah. And, and these are the kinds of books ca- that can help them build that foundation. Uh, you know, what is the main reason why you are doing this? What is the uh, end result? What is the philosophical approaches that go behind all of this? These are very important things to have before you actually embark, because if you don't have these strong foundations, you could easily lose your way, and and in the, the end product will not end up what you had really dreamt about.
0: I love that so, philosophy. So, yeah. So,
1: so, so, so these are, are very important things, but uh, I, I'm uh, actually, you, you've you caught me at a fantastic time because I am taking everything that I have learned over the years and everything that I've professed over the years and have been putting it practice in our own house. Yep. So my wife and I, over the last one and a half years, have been, no maybe more, two years now, have been... Totally, we, we live in this uh, townhouse at the edge of Fort Lauderdale. It's to, it's about 120 square meters, maybe a little less than 110 square meters. Uh, and uh, it was built in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to have all the classic materials in it that have got uh, uh, polyurethane and formaldehyde mm-hmm. and everything in it. So what we did is we completely eco refurbished uh, the whole house uh, in the inside and as we speak the landscaper uh, outside is just doing the finishing touches to a 100% uh, eco friendly uh, garden wow so so, uh, you know, in, in, in b- b- by next week, if you came here, uh, you would find the whole house and everything. So the flooring of the house was completely redone, you know, um, uh, using a hundred, uh, uh, the, the toughest bamboo that you can find in the market. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, uh, FSC certified. Uh-huh. You know, uh, Forest Stewardship Council 35. Yep, yep. uh, the wall paint that we did, we took out the existing wall paint. We used this wall paint called Mystic, which is not only non-VOC, but it is also non-toxic. Right. So it's, it's like as good a paint as you can get. Um, the kitchen counters, uh, you know, everything that we did, the cabinets are made from recycled wood, um, the uh, furniture, uh, you know, we did a lot of research and, 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 and looked at uh, places and, uh, you know, we made sure that the sofas and the mattresses did not have foam uh, that had polyurethane in it. Uh, so everything that we have brought into the house, I, you know, we use antique furniture, reused furniture, etc. And on the outside, uh, every single plant species is native. And we, what we have done is we did research to create a habitat. A habitat for hummingbirds, a habitat for birds, a um, uh, habitat for, for caterpillars, and uh, feeding areas for butterflies, nice etc etc so uh all the materials we have used are are very natural and friend fr- you know the the wood the fencing and everything is from uh um, you know uh forests uh sustainable forests etc so i think that's what ecologies are all about and it's all about uh recycle reuse um, you know refuse reduce you know the 4 hours mm, of, mm. of 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 sustainability and and it's uh you know um uh, the the important part is that the house is hypoallergenic yep so we we made sure that all the products that we use in the house uh, all the furniture we we made sure that we um, uh, you know, the the, the 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 pillows that we use and everything, the mattresses, the linen, whatever, uh, we make sure that there is no uh, allergens coming out of it because the original house was all carpet, yeah. which as you know, yeah. is a serious allergenic problem.
0: Yeah. And it's so hard when you look around. You, people kind of get a bit scared. They freak out when you talk about polystyrene and things like that in the building, but then forget that there are foams and formaldehydes exactly. in, in every everyday common furniture and and you mentioned pillows and blank, blankets and mattresses yeah, what was the hardest part of making what sounds like it's a it's a toxic free environment what was the what was the hardest part in doing
1: that well well I guess what, one thing is that you know in the u s in the u s there's what well, the great thing is that there's so many, you know you go on the internet and there, you know these days there are a lot of choices. This whole industry has shot up quite a bit, yeah. uh, and it's been doing very well. Uh, but I have to say that there was one item that we had a lot of problems trying to get something uh, eco-friendly, and that would be sofas. Right. And and uh, beds were uh, also an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a little bit better, sofas a lot more difficult. And we'd only found few companies in the whole country that would actually be making sofas that were like 100% eco friendly. And, and is
0: that because of the, the stuff that's inside them rather than the yeah, outside material? Correct,
1: correct. correct. Definitely, what is inside, uh, and you know, um, the 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 uh, law in the U.S. and I presume and I probably in New Zealand, is you've got to have fire retardants. Yeah. And it's that's where the problem is, as well, right. to get eco friendly fire retardants is a real issue.
0: Mm, interesting, interesting. Uh, now, I want to um loop back to landscaping because that we haven't had the landscaping discussion much on the show. Oh, okay, and, good. Yeah. Uh, well, it's one of those things that is it, it the classic thing is it gets forgotten or it doesn't forget forgotten because it, it usually gets included in the grand plan at the start of a project, but it usually gets uh dropped off because people run out of money uh towards the end of the project so you end up with a beautiful new house surrounded by piles of dirt and um uh dreams that may be one day so what can people do well, firstly why is the landscaping uh an important such an important feature of of the whole project if someone's doing a new build or a renovation
1: yeah, I would say that, you know, even the term home, I maybe that's where I can begin is with the term home. Mm-hmm. When people talk about home, and if you look at it from, you know, 18th century, 19th century, when we didn't have that many people we have in this world today, and where, you know, uh, there were no skyscrapers, people were not living in apartments. Yeah. People were living in single family homes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, a home is an inside-outside experience. That's what people are talking about. People are talking about their living rooms and they're also talking about their gardens. That's what makes a home. And if you want to create a healthy environment, health is mental health and it's physical health. Mm -hmm. What a garden does, it brings you this beautiful healing energy. It's healing health. It's it 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 it's good for the mind. It's good for the soul. Yep. And 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 plants have been known. You know that's why you now the big pushes for having healing gardens. Yeah. Uh, for people with AIDS and Alzheimer's and all Parkinson's disease mm. and all mm. kinds of stuff. There's a strong psychological connection between nature and humans. Yep. And that's why landscaping, planting, the outside is just as important as the inside. Right. in creating a healthy home. And you are right that in most projects, because traditionally architects uh, are uh, have been running the show, and I'm an architect too, and you know there's nothing wrong with it, but they've never been taught the outside things, and so the focus is also always on the inside, and so all the budget is spent on the inside, and then the outside gets forgotten. Yeah. But you will see that a good out, a well-designed outside place not only creates good good health, but it also brings good value to your project. You can sell the project to at a much higher price if you have a nice, good, healthy garden. And And just like with the inside, a, a, a good landscape, a good garden is not only about good plants, but it's about beautiful spaces, about fountains, about trellises, about arbors, uh, about beautiful fences. You know, you just have to go to a, a Japanese Zen garden yeah, or go to Suzhou and go to look at a traditional Zen garden or you go to Persia, to Iran, and you look at the Persian gardens and you know what it can do to your health. And, and so uh, the important thing is then what what do you use in your garden to create it and make it eco-friendly? Mm-hmm. And and that is where the whole thing about native plants come. Native plants require less watering. Uh, and, 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 and contrary to what most people believe or think, native plants actually do it. A lot of native plants have beautiful flowers and beautiful color. Yeah, yeah. You know that there is this uh, fallacy that the exotic plants have beautiful flowers and yeah. color. That's not true. Yeah. And 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 if you use native plants, means you will attract the birds and the butterflies and the bees. One of the things that. And and then you
0: could. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm I'm just thinking about a classic new subdivision and. And you start when you start to think about this, you realise just how artificial a lot of um outdoor spaces are. I wouldn't really call them gardens, because you I'm just thinking the flat lawn and maybe a few shrubs around the side. Um and I guess one of the potential conflicts there is particularly for families, they want some lawn, uh which typically is not native. Um, yes. How do you reconcile that desire for having outdoor spaces to, to entertain and, and to play and, and to have flat areas uh, alongside wanting to have you native know, plants?
1: I would say that depending on where you are, it's important to do research mm-hmm. and look for a native grass yeah, or a native even ground cover yeah. That best resembles a, a, a traditional lawn. Right. Uh, because a lawn, as you have said, majority of the times it's exotic. It requires, a, it, it's probably the highest maintenance uh, plant you can get.
0: Oh my goodness. At the moment, I'm spending an hour and a half. Cutting my grass each weekend. Exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> you know, trying to get all rid of the weeds and yeah, everything, pushing a petrol-powered lawnmower watering, around. Yeah, yeah. And water, watering and fertilizers and everything, and 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 you know, you you uh, go with you know the, that's that's the important thing. Or uh, the other approach is to take, if you really want to take it to new levels, is is go and use a total native ground cover that that resembles a lawn. Yeah and also can have flowers in it, so you can attract the bees as well at the same time, mm-hmm. where you can still use it for your daily activities. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a real, um, um, you know, really strict about it, and, and, and hard-nosed about it, actually have no lawn at all. Like, I don't have any lawn. Uh, even we, we we do not have even one inch of lawn in, in the townhouse that we have. Now, it's a townhouse. If it was a... Um, um you know, a normal uh, house, you mm. know, we'd have probably looked for uh, 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 a couple of uh, ground covers that we have locally that are native, that when they f- get finished, you know, they, they look like, uh, you know, lawn from very yeah. far.
0: Yeah, yeah so. Um And that, that's another good point. You mentioned your townhouse, uh and you were saying, you are talking before about apartment buildings, and a lot of, people now moving into thankfully uh, smaller houses and there's a, a, an increase in the density of population so a lot of people don't have much space but you've yeah. when you were describing it before I was I had in mind this this quite large place where you've put in a lot of natives oh. and you've create this amazing space but it, but now it seems that you you're actually not talking about a huge area because you've only got a townhouse
1: oh we're, we're, yeah very small you know you're talking about a 110 square meter townhouse, yeah, which has two, you know, uh, parking spots, and you know, the edges are the, of the parking area is where I'm talking about the planting, and, right. and then have a little uh, a four, three to four meter space. Uh, between uh, the main build, the, the the main walls of the building, and the fence that separates it with to the car park area, yeah, and that's where we have got a, a real uh, we have d- 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 done a Japanese zen garden. Nice, and you know Jap- Japanese zen gardens have no lawns; it's all beautiful, nice little uh, rocks. Uh, it's a it's a rock garden, mm-hmm. so it it's it, it's done in a way where you know we really don't have to use any lawn whatsoever, and uh, wherever we use planting, it's all native plantings, and it, so it, it doesn't matter what size of property you have, you can actually do the whole thing entirely native.
0: What about weeds? Because um, gardens don't just you just set them and then forget about them they they continually get encroached on by other things and weeds pop up how do you deal with that
1: well i uh you know that also has a really i i was i did recently a workshop in um uh, in uh in the philippines and there is this lady uh who has got a, a garden uh of just weeds and she calls what? them she calls them vidibles yeah instead of edibles vidibles yeah So there are all these weeds that have a lot of strong medicinal properties. Right. So weeds are actually not bad for the garden if it depends on what kind of weeds they are. Uh It's just how we look at them. Yeah. You know, we have been conditioned into thinking that anything that's not good is a weed. But that's not true. A lot of weeds have got very good medicinal properties and... uh, some of them, if you do it properly, can also have an aesthetic thing about it. Mm. Now, obviously, like with everything else, you've got to maintain uh, gardens uh, unless you're looking at uh, trying to have a completely wild garden feel about it. But if not, you know, like I've got drip irrigation. So everything, as I said, is totally eco. So it's just total drip irrigation, which uses the least amount of water. Yep. Um, uh, it, I've got uh, LED light fittings. Nice. So it's 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 you know as eco-friendly in that sense as it can get, um, and so you know I guess uh, that's uh, uh, why and, uh, whatever wood we have used in the trellises, it's all uh, from sustainable forests, and uh, you know uh, we got to we are going to have to do weeding you know once a month or whenever yeah. uh, go in and take care of it and of course even the, we will have to do a little bit of the pruning because uh, some plants will grow. a little Faster than others, and may you know block the light and yeah. whatnot, and you know to just get the right size. You
0: know? I think that's really important. That's a really good point. That even setting, even designing something to be beautiful and in balance, you've still got to have maintenance, and you know, that extends to the to houses and buildings as well. And people, I think, yeah. often forget that.
1: Yeah, that there's some maintenance
0: and, there required. Yeah.
1: Well, there are two things. You know what we call uh, trying to reduce maintenance in what we call passive design, using passive design yeah. techniques. Yeah. And passive design means when you're on the drawing board, do not select plants that require a lot of water, that require a lot of uh, uh, pruning, yep. uh, that shed a lot of leaves or shed a lot of fruits uh, that you're gonna have to clean up and yep. what, things like that, uh, and that are messy. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Know that what no matter what you do, you're going to have to put some time to maintaining, yeah. The
0: yeah, Atisha, uh, just before we finish up, um, yes. I know that you, you have a wealth of knowledge uh, across lots yeah. of different areas. If you had to bring it down to three main recommendations, you've mentioned some already, but what would be the top three recommendations that you have for people when they're wanting to either improve their existing home or create a new home? that's healthy and and good quality where where would you recommend that they start and what would be the top three things they need to do
1: i would i would say the first thing would be to build uh inner foundations first about you know if you want to go for a healthy good quality uh, and a good for the planet uh, uh, home mm-hmm. Then there are quite a few books out there. I mentioned Credit to Credal as being one of them. Yep. Uh, you know, the book that I did uh, called Authentic Ecologies yep. uh, has got some great examples of how people are doing, making a difference, creating healthy environments, and you know, doing beautiful stuff. And and you know, there's enough information out there also on the internet. Yep. About what so build that good foundation first. When you have built that good foundation, you have got a good idea about what is it that you want done. Then the second recommendation is now then do the research, talk to people out there, and select a good architect, a good landscape architect, to be to, to be the one to do your project. There yes. are not that many. Architects, landscape architects, or even in, specifically interior designers, right, who have yeah. a very strong uh, foundations and beliefs in eco uh, design and eco planning.
0: And quite often that would be three different people, right? Or, or usually that would
1: be uh, It 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 would actually it, it it would have to be three different people, unless you know. I mean, uh, uh, I, I'm just talking for myself. Unless they found right you. Now. <laughs> There are very few, no, there are very few people like me out there in the yeah. world who are both architects and landscape architects and uh, totally into uh, eco design. Yeah. So I would say that for most people out there, I would say three different people would be uh, the way to go for sure. Yep. If you really want, uh, or in some cases, you know, if if you already have got that knack and you're you know good at what you're doing, then just do it yourself too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, but but I think this is a very specialized field, and it would just be worthwhile to just spend a little bit of money to get the right people yeah
0: i mean just pausing on that point for a moment because i am very interested in that and the the number of people that actually do use an architect for their for their design uh is relatively small and it's something that i'm really passionate about encouraging people to grow because you wouldn't you wouldn't try and do your own dentistry or or you know with, <laughs> these days with google yes. a lot of people try and do 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 their own diagnosis of medical issues but yeah you know, from even your car you go and take it to to someone yes. who's really is trained and, and is a professional but when it yes. comes to houses we we just seem to think that we that we want to take it on all ourselves um and i like the idea that you're separating doing your own inner foundations and knowing what you want but knowing what you want doesn't necessarily mean you know how to do that and that's where you need to sure have an idea of what you'd like to create but then go and get some professional help to actually um, make that vision happen.
1: I I could not agree more I I, uh, um, totally agree with you uh, Matthew I've been uh, uh, this has been a pet peeve of mine for many many years in fact you will uh, so i totally agree with you if i had a heart attack i wouldn't be opening up my heart to try and figure <laughs> out what the problem with it is right if yeah my engine if my engine had a problem you know there are some very few people maybe one two percent people who have got just very good at what they do and they yeah you know they can pick up a whole engine apart and put it back up you yeah. know but that's very rare
0: yeah and they have so, the time yes, doing the research
1: do, give the job to the people who know it, who have studied it, who have done projects around the world or done projects, whatever, and, and they've got the experience, definitely. In fact, I take it even a little bit further. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, there's a tendency for people to go to architects to do uh, outside designs, yep. you know, gardens or site yep. planning and parking. And, and and my saying is, and I've been quoted before, asking an architect to do site planning is asking a dentist to do heart surgery.
0: Right. Yeah. It's outside of their area.
1: Outside their area, you know, and then they still go ahead and do it. And that's not right. That's not what their profession is. They shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You know? So we've got, uh,
0: so we've got the... The
1: final one, yeah, the final one, the final recommendation is that... At a personal level, once you have selected the architect, you've done everything, please go out there and visit local shops, lo- visit local antique shops, uh, visit the flea markets. Um, see, you know, people sometimes are throwing away stuff or are giving it at very low prices, some great stuff that you yeah. could actually use in your own place and reuse it. And it would work within your own design ideas as well. Uh, Go on to the internet, do, you know, research about all the materials. You know, right now there are about 10 different types of countertops just for kitchens that are eco-friendly that you could use. Nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, You know, and and the different types of paints that are available and do, do all of this research. And in fact... Get to a point that you yourself can educate your uh, in certain places, even your architects. Yeah, you know, become you know get to that level too, so that that becomes a really good uh, then a collaborative process of designing your place.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, and 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 that's where I think people can and should spend their energy on a project uh, if they want to get involved. And yes, and, and leave the details and the, and possibly the project management as well to the professionals. Yes.
1: I, I definitely agree, and and of course, as I've learned also, make sure that you get the right uh, uh, contractors as well to do mm. your stuff, because as I've learned, over the years, uh, it can take one contractor to destroy on one day what has taken two years for you to design. <laughs> yeah. Have you got any and, tips and,
0: on how to do that? Like how do you f- find a good contractor?
1: Well, interview, uh, interview, yeah. uh, look at what the other stuff that the contractors have done previously, yep. because a lot of these contractors, you know, the classic thing was, uh, even, uh, you know, uh, for the longest time, I never did my house because, uh, you know, you can use bamboo flooring, yep. but, but it's the, the glue that you use to, to connect the bamboo, yes. uh, to the main floor that uh, for the longest time, there was no eco-friendly alternative. Uh-huh. And so I had to wait a long time, but but you know when you get contractors, they don't just they don't get it. They, yeah. they don't see that even glue. So you even with uh, with uh, l- landscaping, you need to get contractors who understand native plants. Native plants require a different approach than yep. your traditional plants. You know.
0: Yep. Actually, so. where uh, where can people find you?
1: Uh they'll need to find my luggage bag first. <laughs> if they find my luggage bag and my tags, then they will know where I am. No, uh well I, I uh if they go onto my website, yep, uh, which is uh, wwwh dash m the Yep. Uh, they will get to see you know who i am what i do uh what what our our farm does, and our firm, as you have I've you earlier is you know is an amoebic uh setup yep and uh within it there is a place as a guest column, so anybody can contact me through that column nice or the other other ways uh, my uh, email address is h m at h-m-design.com, and that's the best way to catch me. I'm I'm doing uh, you know regularly. I I get invited to do conferences around the world, and uh, I've not been very good at putting uh, my conference uh, schedules on my website. But uh, if any you know if uh, anybody catches me in time, you know I, I'll be able to let them know.
0: Where are you off to next?
1: Actually, I'm taking a break. I've just come back from like about four or five back-to-back trips. Uh-huh. Uh, from around the world and uh i 'm just sitting tight for a while
0: nice <laughs> nice reconnecting but
1: but but in the January, most probably to ivory coast in uh, in West Africa, uh working with some uh, local communities and the national parks to try and revamp one of their parks, which has gone dead because of all the civil wars that wow there yeah
0: oh very cool well it's a, um, amazing to be having have an opportunity like that to go and inspire some new life into that um and you've also uh, we'll put the links up but um there are other pages that you've got dedicated to your books uh that where people can find um authentic eco lodges and your your 2002 book the the international eco lodge guide so they've got separate websites for them
1: uh, the one for eco, the my latest book, yes, it's called www dot dot com. Yeah, but it's not uh, very detailed. Uh, I in fact there'll be probably be not a lot more information if they did my uh, my face Facebook link to authentic right. ecologists similar. So, uh, my first book, International Ecology Guidelines book, uh, is. Uh, was uh, until recently and i maybe still is uh, accessible and available through the the international ecologe uh, the, the the eco uh, the international um, uh, ecotourism society website nice, nice. ecotourism.org yep great.
0: Awesome. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Hatesh. I really appreciate it, uh, and I will make sure people can find you in any of those places, and um, and hopefully be inspired by all the great work you're doing.
1: And and Matthew, I thank you so much. And Matthew, I wanted to thank you as well for what you are doing, uh, creating the sports podcast uh, for an uh, an area of design and planning which has not been that well, uh, you know, published and 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 covered. Uh, around the world so thank you keep on doing the keep on doing the great uh, uh, work and spread the good word
0: will do thank you very much hitesh and that was hitesh Matar. and you can find like you said him and his website over at hmdesign.com that's h-m H-M-design. Design.com. I will put some links in the show notes, which you will be able to find over at homestylegreen.com forward slash 157 for episode 157. Uh, If it's not there and you're listening to this straight away, uh, close to publication, then um, pop back because it may take a couple of days for me to get this post up Uh, because it's a busy time, school holidays at the moment. So uh, I'm running around looking after the kids, but uh, that's all good having a good time doing that, exploring parts of this beautiful country. I hope you enjoyed that or found something interesting. If you did, I'd love to hear from you. And if you didn't or you got this question and maybe totally unrelated to this episode, I'd still love to hear from you. You can email me matthew at homestylegreen.com. I'm also on Twitter at mcutlerwelsh, or one word, m-c-u-t-l-e-r-w-e-l-s-h. Also on Facebook as well. So i uh, love to hear from you any of those places. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll be back again next week. But until then, go make a better place to live.